Rise and shine with the Word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. Tune in at 10 a.m. and join Antonia Roman as she sings and reads the Word of God. The Word of God will give you insight for the purpose in your life. Now here is your host, Antonia Roman. I've been asked to go where I don't want to go. Too many hurts and wounds are there. Too many people in despair. I've been asked to go where I don't want to go. Send someone else on my behalf. So many people to call on. Why me? everybody on this Saturday morning. Wake up. It's time. It's time to dive into the Word of God. I hope that you had a great week wherever you might be. I know in certain areas you guys are getting some deep snow. I pray you're all safe and warm and um, don't go out if you don't have to. I remember when I used to live in New York and we had to always deal with a lot of snow. But I'm just uh, excited to dive into the Word of God with you today. It looks like it's going to be a little cloudy here today in California. I don't know what's going on, but maybe the sun will come out later. <laughs> anyway, my friends, we're going to continue as we've been on our journey with the book of Jonah. If you have not had the opportunity, go back, reread chapter 1 so that you will get an understanding of the assignment Jonah was given you will get an understanding as well, you know, what happened with the raging storm. And then you would also know what happened to Jonah <laughs> and the consequences that he had to face. So we're going to pick it up uh, starting in chapter 2 of the book of Jonah. And we're going to start um, right here at the... Uh, we're kind of taking it at the tail end of, of chapter 1 and going right into chapter 2. And this is what it says. And so let's just give you a really quick recap. Um, at this point, Jonah was man overboard. <laughs> they had thrown him into the sea because at this point, um, after, you know, he had no choice but to confess that he was the one who was running from God. He wasn't in God's presence anymore. And that he was not in good standing right now because he was being disobedient. The people on the ship had no choice but to then pray to his God for a miracle and then throw him overboard <laughs> so that's exactly what they did and in doing so this is the this is now what happens to jonah now the lord had prepared a great fish to swallow jonah and jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights then jonah prayed to the lord his god from the fish's belly and he said I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, 
and the floods around me, surround me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The waters surround me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought me up, my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah unto dry land. Father, we thank you for your word in the book of Jonah. We thank you for this um, story that uh, it's, it's such a detailed story, Father, um, of consequences of disobedience. And we thank you, Lord, because even in this scripture, these passages, you are showing Jonah mercy, even in his disobedience. And you have still a purpose for him to fulfill. So we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. My friends, you know, at this point in Jonah's life, he figured, they're throwing me overboard. My life is over. I'm done. I don't have to worry about anything. My troubles will be over. I don't have to face anyone. I don't have to face anything. I don't have to face God. I'll be dead, and I don't have to be responsible for anything. But God had a plan for Jonah. God was like, yeah, Jonah, I know all those things you're thinking. But see, I still have a purpose I want you to fulfill on this earth during this time. So when he was thrown into the sea, God had orchestrated and positioned a special fish, a great fish at that. We can call it a whale if we want to. Most people do. They say he went into the mouth of a whale. And um, to swallow him. That was God's way of saying to Jonah, yes, you're being thrown into the sea, but I'm going to put you in a place that's still going to protect you because I want to reserve you unto myself. And Jonah, it says it here, Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights because that is the timeline that God wanted to give Jonah for a wake-up call. And see, my friends, even when we throw in the towel sometimes because we've just given up, because we're running from God, because we're not in his presence anymore, we're being disobedient, we're not doing what he's asked us to do. On the contrary, we're doing the opposite. God will still get a hold of our shirt. <laughs> Ever feel somebody tug at your shirt? God will get a hold of your shoulder. He'll get a hold of your arm. He'll get a hold of your hand. He'll get a hold of your face. And he'll still hold you and say, wait a minute. 
I know you threw the towel in, but I gotta take this towel and I gotta wipe your tears. I gotta take this towel and I gotta dry you off. I gotta take this towel and I've gotta 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 give it right back to you because you're gonna use this towel for a specific seasons such as this. And God made sure that He put Jonah in the belly of the big fish for three days and three nights. And it was during this time when Jonah finds out and figures out, wow, okay, I'm in the sea. I'm in deep waters, literally in deep waters, but he's also in deep waters with God because he didn't do what God asked him to. And he realizes that even in the deepest depths of the sorrow he was in, in the circumstance that he was in, he knew he had to eventually cry out to God. Because in times of trouble, my friends, that is what we do. We cry out to our Heavenly Father. Whether we've done something to ourselves or something was done to us that we didn't deserve, our first instinct should be to cry out to our Heavenly Father because He always hears us. And He's always there. He's nearby to help us in our time of need. And the very first thing that Jonah cried out is, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction and he answered me. Because my friends, when we cry out to our Heavenly Father, He does hear us and He does want to answer us. He wants to give us an answer to help us. He wants to give us an answer to get us back on track. He wants to give us an answer so now we could understand and see things clearly how He initially wanted us to see it. We blindside ourselves when we run away from God. We block out God when we hear his voice. When we never should do that because his voice is what guides us. His, his, mission, his, his mission and his vision for us of what he wants us to fulfill, is he makes it very clear to us so there's no mistakes done during the process. He lines things up accordingly for us. But we sabotage ourselves. We run away ourselves. And we place ourselves in new circumstances and new situations that we should have never done in the first place. So here Jonah cries out to God. He cries out to him because he's afflicted. He's in this situation right now. He's like, you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be here to begin with, but I know I put myself here. But God, even though I know I put myself here, you've also placed me here because you wanted to protect me. You want to preserve me. And here's the thing. This prayer that Jonah is doing right now is not a prayer for deliverance. It's not a prayer saying, you know, God, take me out of this situation. I'm in the belly of a big fish. That's not what he was doing. He was actually giving God a prayer of thanksgiving for preserving his life, for not allowing him to die. 
And he comes out and says, out of the belly of Sheol, I cried. So he's in the belly of this well and he's crying out to the Lord. And you heard my voice and God heard his voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas and the floods surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. So here he is in the belly of the fish, in the deepest areas of the sea, where the water is all around him, on top of him, below him. And this big, great fish is literally swimming in the sea. So Jonah is surrounded by all this, and he acknowledges this. He acknowledges that even though he's in the deepest depth of water in the sea, God still has placed a protection over him to preserve him and save his life, which ultimately means that Jonah in this moment was simply being thankful to God that he had not drowned. Because when someone's going to throw you in the sea, my friends, you're going to drown. You're not going to survive. And in this case, God said, yeah, Jonah, they're throwing you over, but I have another place for you where I'm going to protect you and I'm going to preserve you. And because of this experience, now Jonah finds himself that he's being somewhat delivered but in a most spectacular way that he never even thought would happen in his life. Who ever knew that Jonah would end up in the belly of a fish? Jonah didn't know that. And here he is in the belly of a fish, astound to what God has done in his life because he has escaped death. And even in the midst of where Jonah is right now, in the belly of this fish, he's crying out to God in a prayer like never before. And this prayer was heard by God. Listen, my friends, there are times where we want to give up on life. We want to give up on life because we're just not in the right place with ourselves. We've been disobedient and we know it. We're running from God and we know it. We're disrespecting God and we know it. And we think that just by ending our own lives, by just giving up, by throwing in the towel, by just saying, you know what, I've had enough. I can't deal with this anymore, Lord. I can't continue to this, be this messenger that you want me to be. I can't continue to carry out these tasks and assignments you want me to, you know, carry out. I don't want to go to this place. I don't, you know, in Jonah's case, that is, I don't want to go to this place. I don't want to go speak to anybody. I don't like those people. I already know what, how they're going to treat me or what they're going to say to me. And a lot of times, my friends, we do that ourselves. God will ask and require something of us, and we immediately decide that we're not going to do it, that we're not going to move, that we're not going to um, go to the new place he wants us to do or carry out the assignment. My friends, it is a true honor 
It is a true honor and a privilege when God requires something of us on his behalf. It is an honor to serve our Heavenly Father and do something for him, especially when it comes to his kingdom, especially when it comes to winning souls, especially when it comes to being a messenger to the brokenhearted, especially when it comes to being that voice of reason in a situation or circumstance that can help someone else. It is an honor to be a representative of the Lord. If God ever requires anything of you, my friends, and ask you to do anything, consider it an honor, consider it a privilege. Consider it you are a chosen person at this time to fulfill this on behalf of the Lord. You know, many people are constantly saying, you know, God, use me. God, use me. Use me for something, Lord. Here I am. But the minute that he requires something of us, we say, oh, I didn't mean right now, Lord. I didn't mean this right away. Or oh, I didn't mean it so quickly. Or oh, I, th- I don't think I could carry out that, that task. No, because listen, God will equip you, my friends. God will prepare you. He'll set you apart. He will prepare you spiritually. He will anoint you for whatever it is he's going to ask you to do on his behalf. And in this case, now Jonah finds himself that he's been spared his life. And all he can do right from his heart is cry out to his heavenly father and thank him for preserving his life. And here's the thing, my friends. The reason we run away from what God um, uh, has asked us to do is because in Jonah's case, he had reservations, right? He had reservations against the people. He had reservations against the city. You and I today, when God requires something of us, we start to do the same exact thing. Oh, Lord, what do you mean move from this state to that state? I didn't plan that out. Oh, Lord, what do you mean move from one job to another? I just started that job, right? Oh, Lord, what do you mean, you know, sell my house and go rent an apartment? I just bought the house. Like, you never know what God is doing in your life. It always reminds me of... um, how much God loves us and what he, and the sacrifice he requires of us. And it's not a sacrifice in vain, my friends. It's a sacrifice that the Lord wants us to do for him on his behalf. But ultimately, we learn it's not that it was a sacrifice of vain. It was a sacrifice because God was going to do something even better, something newer, and something even more dynamic in our lives than what we've ever expected. You know, I remember when I used to be a homeowner and I had a situation in my life, you know, with my husband and I had no choice but to sell my house. Um, Many people were asking me, you know, why are you selling your home? And I was like, because I heard clearly from the Lord that I must sell my house. That I must sell my house to get out of this circumstance that I'm in and I need to make a sacrifice. And I trusted the Lord with that decision because ultimately he placed us in another place that was number one, more affordable. Number two, it didn't require maintenance out of my physical hands, nor my husband's physical hands. And number three, it wasn't even really that far from where we were living before. And it was a new beginning. And we had to trust that. I had to trust that. 
And when I trusted that, God started to do some miracles in my life. He allowed me to be able to, for the very first time, you know, uh, be able to go ahead and, and work on one of my projects that was one of my passion projects that he had revealed to me in a dream. And he was just allowing my husband and myself some time together. And sometimes, my friends, we don't understand what's the other side, but we have to trust what God is doing for the other side. We have to trust that whatever he's asking us to do, we do it by faith. We trust him because he's going to line up all these things for us that are going to be better for us. A lot of times, listen, we may, I may not own a home now. I no longer own homes. I may not own a home now. I rent now. But that doesn't mean that in the renting, I'm not being blessed. I've been so blessed here in California, renting my place that God lined up for me. He showed me this place in a dream. And even now in my life, this dream and this fulfillment of the season and this time in my life is also coming to an end. God is now showing me new dreams. He's showing me new things of what I'm going to be doing and going forward with. Things have already presented themselves to me where I'm going to be moving from where I am right now to a new place. Do I know what that total new place is yet? No, not yet, but I trust the Lord because he's lining it up and he's already given me dreams about it. So when God does that, it's a preparation stage for us, my friends, and we have to trust it. And for Jonah right now, knowing that he's in the belly of that fish really lets him know how much God loves him, is willing to preserve him, preserve his life, not let him drown, not let him die. And that whatever sin he has actually committed, because if you think about it, being disobedient to God, it is a sin, my friends. It is a big sin. Um, and we find ourselves that when we know we're sinning, we just want to give it up. We want to give up on everything. And God here was saying to Jonah, I know you disobeyed me. I know you went the opposite way. I know you caused strife among yourself and other people. And I know you got thrown overboard because that's something I allowed to happen. And I know that I had a place for you to land when they did throw you overboard. But I want to let you know, Jonah, that your sin is never too great for my mercy. Your sin and your predicament of what you've done to yourself and where you've placed yourself is never too great for me. I am always here. I acknowledge you. I see you. I understand you. I know your heart. And that's why I'm still pressing forward with you because I need you to fulfill an assignment. And we would not have had to go down this route had you just done what I asked you. But because you did, I am still here, says the Lord helping you, protecting you, and I'm by your side. And for Jonah, he had to realize that, that God had preserved him. Because listen, you and I both know none of us could sustain surviving, being thrown into a sea. Now, we have heard stories of miracles of people whose boats have cast 
um, cast away, bro broken up, and they end up in sea. And days later, someone finds them, right, on a raft or on some piece of plank. And they've survived that water and the, and the cold of that water in the deep night. We have heard of those miracles. That is because God had a special assignment for those people. He preserved those people. And with Jonah, that's what he was doing exactly. Because listen, when it says here, the water surrounded me even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. Could you imagine weeds how Jonah must have looked when he was thrown into the sea and everything that is in the sea there's so much materials in the sea right you have to you have debris from things from the past you have the natural uh, fish habitat that's in the sea and you have things such as weeds and things of that nature and when he's saying the water surrounded me, even to my soul, the deep closed around me, weeds were wrapped around my head. Could you imagine that? You fall into the sea and all these weeds and everything is just on top of you. I went down to the moorings of the mountains, the earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, oh Lord, my God. So even though Jonah knew his life was coming to an end when they threw him overboard and he knew he was a Ghana. God said, you're not a Ghana, Jonah. You are my child. You're my prophet. You're the messenger that I need to deliver this message. And I am going to lift you up from this pit. Because no matter what, I know you've been disobedient, but I am showing you grace and I'm showing you mercy. And you will live, Jonah. You will live. And then what ends up happening here is that, you know, when Jonah referenced that his soul fainted within him, you know, we often act that way. When life is going well, my friends, we tend to take God for granted, right? Uh, we, Because here Jonah says, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. So at that point now, when Jonah was down and out in disbelief of knowing that I am not dead, I'm not drowning, I'm in the belly of this fish. That is when Jonah cries out to the Lord and starts to say a special prayer unto him and to his holy temple. Because God will meet us wherever we are, my friends. God will meet us wherever we are. And in this situation with Jonah, God was meeting him there. Right in the belly of that fish. So wherever you and I might be struggling right now, my friends, God is going to meet us wherever we are. He is by our side. He sees all details of our lives. And he's there to help us, to deliver us, to preserve us, and to spare our lives because he wants us to fulfill everyday purpose for him. And here's the thing, my friends. When life is going well, we tend to take God for granted. Many of us do that. I'm guilty of that myself. There are many times I take life 
and God for granted. But I always um, catch myself and I say, Lord, let me not be so um, comfortable or conditioned with this that I don't see what you're doing in my life and I don't see or I miss what you're doing in my life and I miss what you're doing in other people's lives. Because sometimes, my friends, when we lose hope, we have no choice but to cry out to him. And God, this is a perfect example of someone, of an individual who ran away from God, ran away from his presence, was disobedient. And in every circumstance he stumbled onto, God was still there to see him, to help him, and to somewhat deliver him. Because we can look at this tremendously as deliverance as well. But mostly in thankfulness. Because a lot of times God has to get a hold of us. And we have to be like, oh Lord, what was I doing to begin with? Why did I make the decisions I made? Why did I run away? And apologize to God for the wrong that we have done. Because he wants to meet us there, my friends. And the kind of relationship that we have with God can only at times become inconsistent because we're not on a daily basis seeking his face, seeking him in meditation and prayer and, and, and reading his word. We tend to have this upside down spiritual life. God doesn't want us to have an upside down spiritual life, my friends. He doesn't want us to do what Jonah did. He doesn't want us to put ourselves in situations where our lives all of a sudden are now up and down and up and down. And you start going through all these turmoils and all these chaotic moments. God wants us to have a consistent, daily, committed relationship to, to him which promotes for us a solid relationship with him. Look, to God, during both the good and the t bad times, you have to know what it is to have a stronger spiritual life. So when things are going good in your life, my friends, you have to know what it is to have a spiritual strong life. When things are going really bad, you need to know what it is to have a strong spiritual life. No matter what the circumstance in your life is, my friends, you need to know that you can stand strong in the spiritual life with Christ. And that whatever is happening, God is going to turn it around for the good. Listen, we have to always be reminded that God loves us so much that he's willing to see us go through the process because we have to go through the process, but he's also willing to deliver us and help us through that process. So for Jonah at this moment, I can only imagine that when he was crying out to God, he was doing it so, such in a deep way. I can only envision that his crying out and his prayer was echoing within the belly of that big fish. And in crying out so much to God, God met him there. And it says here, those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So Jonah now is saying, Lord, I am just going to be in gratitude to you. I am um, thanking you for the mercy you've placed in my life. Because even those who worship worthless idols forfeit God's grace. 
and abandon any hope for mercy from the Lord. Any object of our devotion, my friends, that replaces God is a lying vanity. We, dece we deceive ourselves with something that is ultimately empty and foolish. Make sure, my friends, that nothing takes God's rightful place in your life. Always be in gratitude and thanksgiving to your Heavenly Father for everything you have in your life. Everything that you have been given has been given to you from above. Has been given to you from your Heavenly Father who loves you. And in crying out like Jonah did, we too can cry out, my friends. Because God is there. He hears us. He understands us. He knows our hearts. And he knows that we're willing to press in so much. So that way, we have a touch from God. Because in this moment, Jonah got a touch from God. Obviously, you know, Jonah was not in a position to bargain with God. We know that. Jonah knew what he had done wrong. He wasn't like, hey, Lord, well, listen, let's, how can we figure this out? No, that's not what was happening. Instead, he simply thanked God for saving his life. And Jonah at no moment came out and said, hey, you know what? You saved my life. And how about we do this? Un under this condition, I'll go to where you wanted me to go. Jonah didn't do that either. Jonah was like, Lord, I thank you for saving my life. Because my friends, our troubles should cause us to cling tightly to God, not attempt to bargain our way out of the pain, right? Because the minute we start to try to bargain our way out of the pain, we don't want to feel the endurance of what we're supposed to feel in the moment. Jonah felt the pain. There is no doubt about it. Not only did he feel, feel it physically, he felt it emotionally, right? So right now, Jonah is in a what I call an hallelujah hysteria moment because of what he's realized God has done for him. And in doing so, he's not dismissing any pain that he has endured. He is actually acknowledging it and he's thanking God just for the fact that he's alive. Our troubles should cause us to cling tightly to God. Anytime we're struggling in certain areas of our lives, my friends, we must be closer to God. It must draw us closer to God. It must draw us closer to his presence. It must draw us closer to praying unto him and to reading his word every day. We can thank and praise God for what he has already done for us and for his love and his mercy. And this is exactly what Jonah was doing. He was thanking God for what he had already done for him. See, because he just didn't spare his life in the sea. He also spared his life with the people we came across. Because he, he, was, he impacted other people's lives. People had to sacrifice certain things because of Jonah. And they had to lose some of their livelihood. So even at that moment, those people could have taken action against him and even killed him. But they were not that type of people. Right? God still allowed Jonah to be in the presence of people that still felt bad for him, felt sorry for him, uh, even worshipped his God. 
so that they would be spared themselves. So my friends, I am sharing this word with you today because I want you to know that we must always have a voice of thanksgiving, just like it says here in the scripture. And that I will pay what we have vowed. We must pay what we have vowed unto our Heavenly Father. Because salvation is of the Lord. When our Heavenly Father gave us our salvation, we don't take that salvation for granted. We're very thankful for the salvation. And we must always vow to fulfill what God has done in our life through the salvation He's given us. Many of us have become saved and our whole lives have changed as a 360. God took us out of the muggy, muggy, muggy uh, areas, really bad pits. And he has brought us into light and he has brought us into a new way, into a new place, a new understanding. And he has allowed us to flourish in our lives and learn to become even better people. And when God is doing that in our lives, we must thank him for that, my friends. And so that is why when Jonah cried out to the Lord, it says right here, so the Lord spoke to the fish. The Lord had a conversation now with the fish, right? And it vomited Jonah unto dry land. I can almost envision that God just went up to the big fish and said, thank you so much for, see, because the fish also fulfilled his assignment, right? The fish was given an assignment from God. And that fish was obedient in his assignment. Because we got to think of it this way, my friends. That fish had an assignment. When God said to that fish, you're going to swallow this guy, but you're not going to chew him. You're not going to digest him. He's just going to be in your belly. You're going to hold him there for a couple of days, primarily three days and three nights. And then when God came back to the fish and said, hey, it is time to let go of this man but I need you to let, not let him go in the sea where he'll drown. I need you to spit him out into the dry land. The fish was obedient to what God had also asked him to do. He went, he spit Jonah out, and Jonah landed in dry land. And I'm sure that God awarded that big fish as well for being obedient and carrying out the assignment and the task he was also given for the sake of Jonah and the sake of Jonah's life. And that fish now will continue to live his life in the sea like God intended it to be until in the future maybe he's given another assignment, but, but he fulfilled this assignment. And I'm sure that now for Jonah landing on dry land, he was in awe of what God had done in his life. My friends, listen. When God places us in situations that we are seeing and acknowledging that he is still loving on us, showing us mercy, showing us grace. He's still protecting us. He's still providing us with provision. He's still providing us with a roof over our heads. He's still providing us with a job. He's still providing us with our family and friends. He's still providing us, you know, with the everyday necessities of life and the things we have, even when we've done so wrong, even when we have um, defiled him, even when we've walked away from him. It is our job to thank our Heavenly Father and recognize who He is in our lives and what He is doing. And the minute we do that and we realize and we repent and we ask for forgiveness and we cry out to our Heavenly Father, 
He is there right by our side. He hears us. He's there to help us. And he's there to make sure that whatever he required of us will eventually be carried out. So my friends, it has truly been a pleasure sharing the word of God with you. I hope that this has encouraged you. I know it has encouraged me because there were many times in my life when I just wanted to throw in the towel, when I just wanted to give up, when I was just crying and weeping because I just didn't know what else to do. When I was just like, you know, God, are you here? Am I in presence? Am I not in your presence? What am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? You know, I started to ask all these questions and God was there. I could feel his, his arms next to my show, you know, to me and embracing me. God is always there, my friends. He's there to embrace us and love on us. So enjoy the rest of your weekend, my friends. Stay encouraged. Know God loves you. I'll say this again. If you know that God required something of you and you haven't done it, get to it. If you know that God asked you, you heard his voice very clear to do an assignment and you haven't done it, get to it. If you know that God has something that he wants to do miraculous in your life and you're the hindrance, you're sabotaging it yourself, get out of the way. <laughs> Let God have all control of the situation. Just follow his lead because he will lead you to the right place. He will set up the provision and most of all, he will fulfill. Make sure you fulfill what he has called you to do. So my friends, I look forward to sharing the word with you again next week where we will rise and shine with the word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. God bless you. Antonia Roman is the author of Confessions of a Christian Woman, A Journey in Marriage, A New Beginning. In this book, Antonia shares her personal journey in marriage and how she used God's word to help her overcome verbal abuse. Tune in next Saturday as Antonia Roman continues to dive into the word of God. The word of God gives you insight for the purpose in your life.